day zero of the World Athletics Championships, at least day zero for us, yeah. day five overall. But we're planning on, since we're here for the rest of the time through day 10, end of the track meet, we want to do some bite-sized, rapid reactions. What did we see? Who did we run into? What did we witness? And so with yesterday being the first one, we're filming this or we're recording this the, the morning after, we got to break down just getting to Hayward and getting our volunteer accreditation and everything there so for me i was very starstruck getting to hayward for the first time but before we got into the stadium it was more of the logistical getting our id badges and also trying on our gear so what was your reaction to like the gear that that we got and i know with your volunteer experience you know, how did it compare? Well, I mean, this this is just incomparable to any other volunteer experience, simply for the fact that I think the most I had gotten for another experience at Hayward was a, a t-shirt and a hat. But with this one, we got three polos, a hat, we got some pants, we got some shorts, a rain jacket, warm-up jacket, and they even gave us a free pair of shoes, and two pairs of socks, not to be forgotten. So they... I think the only thing that we're going to be wearing that's not ASICS brand is our underwear. So they, they really loaded us up, which I have no complaints on that at all. Also the drawstring bag and draws, reusable yeah. water bottle. It's so the list keeps going. It keeps on going. And, you know, not to downplay these socks, they are like the lightweight, breathable, wicking socks that are like perfect if you're wearing like a carbon-plated racing shoe with that ultralight upper and you can just feel the breeze on the top of your foot. So yeah, everything is ASICS brand. They really hooked it up. The only thing that we were a little bit disappointed about, <laughs> we gotta bring it up, is when we were trying on our sizes, we picked up some of the jogger pants that said they were small because we didn't see any mediums available. And Michael tried them on, I tried them on, and we were like, these are a bit short, but man, they fit really well, like the waist and they're like pretty tight to the legs. And so we just sized up and said, hey, give us a medium. Well, it turns out those were the women's <laughs> small pants that we tried on. And the men's pants are, are a little, little wider. They're not quite as form fit. They're not really joggers. Right. So we were actually a bit bummed about that because the women's pants were, were definitely better. Now we're debating going and asking for a pair of women's pants, but we may get some judged looks. That's the tough thing is no one outside of this volunteer group would ever know that these were are considered like women's pants. 100%. Um, yeah. Except for the audience since we brought it up now. We but broke our secret. <laughs> they were the superior, superior product. So that was the only downside but having the three polos is clutch that's nice so we don't have to reuse the same one every night yeah and the the shoes themselves you know the the asics gel excite it's it's an orthopedic shoe it's it's a walking standing shoe i thought they were pretty comfortable yeah um don't really plan to like run in them but can't be can't be bummed about getting new shoes um 
overall. So oh, of course. Yeah, we're we're really stoked on the gear. I don't know what kind of dollar value you could assign to it, but from there we we kind of pivoted and had a decision. We weren't volunteering yesterday, so it was like do we go to a local bar to watch the men's 1500 final and and 400 meter hurdle final or do we just go in the stadium with our credentials and i wanted to see the stadium i knew i'd be seeing it the rest of the week but since we were there i was like i want to go and so we just thought is there a chance if we didn't have the uniform on that we would maybe get turned back or like asked more questions so we just slipped the uniform on polo shorts hat put the credentials around our neck and we just walked right in no questions asked and just kind of went to the general admission standing area and watched a lot of the track meet got to walk around hayward i got to see i didn't really get to go into the stands but got to see them um see the steeple pit see the bathrooms the concession stands and really do a, a full lap around there so that definitely like my heart was racing just doing that first lap around and the one thing that i'm not sure if if it's gonna get normal for me is like how many high profile runners you just run into while you're there like i think for me the the barrier is i look at these people as like superheroes mm -hmm. so like if you're a kid and for you like batman is like so cool and like you're so obsessed with watching batman shows but like in this case it's like batman is real they're right there and they're actually also just like a normal human being so yeah i mean while we were walking around saw it i was like oh there, there's jordy beamish like there's jordy beamish there's the man bun made eye contact with sage herta don't think i'll ever forget that sparks were flying <laughs> uh rachel MacArthur. yeah it was like these people are just among a peasant like me <laughs> like what yeah. is going on so that was really cool you definitely handled it more coolly than i did yeah i've had a little more experience with it trust me i that the olympic trials last year is my first time dealing with it and i'm just i'm looking around and all i'm just like wait like that's that's so and so like they're like a real person oh my <laughs> gosh like i've only seen them on tv and so it definitely I, I still I still get amazed every time I see somebody like that because one thing I've found which you'll see more of they're a lot shorter in person like you don't really realize because on, on TV and stuff like that they all look like they're like good pretty tall like at least average size but like you see them in person and you're just like they're not actually that tall like they're kind of short if anything but it's still every time you see any professional athlete you're just kind of in awe you're like whoa that's really cool <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the height because I was going to as well yep. as we kind of transition to what we saw on the track yeah. yesterday, men's 1500 final. Before we dive into the race, I think what was cool is we happened to be watching the race with Mr. Sean McGordy yep. and he happened to be exactly fitting the bill you said where I thought this guy would be like six foot six 
based on what I see on TV. Yeah. Because he's like a couple inches taller than most of his competitors mm -hmm. out there on the track. He was taller than me, but I mean, he was like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, Yeah, nothing probably. crazy, yeah. And just on TV, he looks like, He's just like an NBA everybody. player. Oh, yeah. And what was so cool about that part of it is you see someone like a Sean McGordy, who just got 12th in the 10K, one of the best distance runners in the world, transition to just being a fan just like us, yeah. watching this 1500 and just being as invested and excited as a fan of track and field. You gotta think he's hanging around there, not just to spectate, but his girlfriend, Elise, she's in the 5K tonight, uh, semifinal, and then hopefully we'll advance to the final. So it's cool to see the people who are there spectating, but also they've competed in their own right. But that race, that men's 1500, one of the two track finals we got, there were some field finals as well, that was one of, if not the best track races I've ever seen. That Yeah, that was incredible. Oh, man. Uh, just from the gun, took it out hot. 55 seconds through through the quarter and even just visually without commentators like we could tell it was hot you yeah we saw them we saw them go through that first quarter in 55 and like you could tell they're going fast but obviously until they actually hit the split you're like we don't really know how fast and then they go through that quarter and you're like oh this is no joke huh like they're really going for it which was kind of like the olympic final last year it was a fast race which it's really nice when you get those fast races when you have such a stacked field together because like 2016 olympics very very tactical race but then when you actually get all these talented athletes that are just going for it and you actually get to see the really good competition in it definitely makes it entertaining to watch as well complete opposite of the u.s championship yep, yeah. where everyone kind of sat around and said my last hundred meters is better than Yours, we're just gonna search the finish, 345. Yeah, this one, it was the Kenyans and Stewie McSwain <laughs> yeah, who yeah. really asserted themselves. And what was funny for me, I mentioned it when we rewatched the race this morning, was at the 700 meter mark, two laps to go, Jakob moves around to the lead. And I'm so used to like watching races <laughs> on TV, but when we were there, at the track, uh, I learned that other people can hear you when you <laughs> yell out because Jakob moves around the, the Kenyans and I go, oh, Jakob's going to the front. He's squeezing him down. And this guy like turns and looks at me like, who are you yelling to? <laughs> but he makes that definitive move. Typically when he makes it, no one can catch him. But to your point, world-class field, there's there's no race beyond this. Yep. Everyone was committed to that aggressive pace, and it came down to the bell lap with what would you say six seven guys still in contention. Easily, yep, easily. Only like three had dropped off. Yeah, it was that, and that's what made it so exciting. Was there really was no point in the race where you you knew who was going to win? Obviously, like the favorites, you were just like, okay, they're in a good spot. They're probably. But then everybody was still in contention. So, like, we were watching the whole time Josh Kerr because 
we're we're big fans of him, and so the whole time we're watching, we're like, he's in a really good spot. Like he still has an awesome chance to win it. But then, again, like I said, like you just had no idea. It was everybody's race at that point. You had no idea, but in the back of your mind, you were like, Jakob is going to pull this out, right, exactly. right? Like he he always does. I can't think of the last time I I saw the guy lose besides that World Indoor Championship when when he was sick. So. It comes to 250 to go, 200 to go. Jake Whiteman from Great Britain, who had been tucked in right at like third place, swings out, takes the lead, and doesn't give it back. Closes it down, gets the win, and I'll, I'll toss it to you for, for what made it even a sweeter victory for Jake Whiteman. It, it was incredible because like everybody saw him make that move at 200 and... Of course, like, you still couldn't count out Ingebrigtsen because you're just like, okay, like, Whiteman will take the curve, but then he'll hawk him down on the home stretch. But he didn't, like you said. And what was incredible was I found out after the race that his Whiteman's father was actually the stadium announcer during the race. And so he was the one that was announcing to the stadium his son winning the world championship in the 1500. And that was just... That was incredible. Like it was incredible him winning, and then you found out that nice little feature, and they showed his father's reaction. Who, by the way, maintained incredible composure for his son winning a world championship. So, shout out to the professional, <laughs> professional announcing skills on his end. But it was incredible. It I I remember at the end of the race there, like Whiteman had taken the lead, and there really just was no change. Like Ingebrigtsen wasn't really catching him, the but gap he wasn't was really the gapping same. him at all. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember just saying out loud, I'm like, no way. Cause you see him there and he's, he's Whiteman finishing very strong. And you're just like, no way. Like this, like this is a guy that's going to win the world championship. Like not, not to count him out at all. He's a, he's a fantastic runner, but by all means, not the favorite going into the race at all. And so that was just what made it so great is because like I had said, you, you always thought you knew who was going to win, but then it was such a good race. Everybody was all together that anybody could have won it. And Whiteman had a fantastic finish, had, looked so strong at the end, and it made it amazing. It really was. I mean, and to your point, his dad was composed like vocally, like giving an excited account of it. Yeah. But the video is so funny. Cause he's like he's got both arms in the air yes. as he's calling it with a very composed voice, and then you see him like kind of put his head in his hands, just can't believe what just happened. And he's also Jake's coach, yes. so yeah, it, it was both. It was very both of those. Point. He's announcing the race. He's the father, and he's the coach of the athlete that just won the gold medal. So that was really really incredible and they interviewed jake and his mom after the race mohammed katir getting bronze yes. just over mario garcia romo one of our favorite uh guys from formerly ole miss now with the on athletics club running 330 incredible race for absolutely incredible. incredible just from top to bottom man that was one of the craziest 15s I've ever seen, right up there with the Olympics last year. The Kenyan guys were, were right in there. I think Josh Kerr was sixth. Yep. Um, but I will say, you know, of our, our predictions, 
you were actually leaning Josh Kerr because we saw him warm up. We did. And that's kind of our strategy is we're trying to watch these guys warm up, see who's got the bounce in the step, who's got the knee drive. And yeah, Josh Kerr with those beats by Dre, he was looking pretty crispy. I will also say uh, Garcia Romo, we saw him warming up and... My, my prediction was, was a seventh overall finish, but I'm not surprised that he got fourth because he was looking froggy in those warmed up. We underestimated. Was, yeah, he had some pop. Yep. I, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm surprised by his performance after watching, watching him warm up. That was, that was a really good warm up. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys posted on, on the warm ups for sure. It's, it's kind of cool. So if you're walking around the stadium, Think if you're at like a basketball arena and you're going to the section 202 or 203 around the bend, the other side of the stands, the outside of the stands, is where the athletes are warming up. So there's a, a track surface and like a turf in in the uh, in between the track where athletes are doing starts and jogging around. So as a fan, you can just essentially turn and see the athletes warming up yeah. it's almost like if you had like locker room access at at a basketball game so i've been enjoying that as well but the the last race we got a breakdown from yesterday it was the 400 meter hurdle final um absolutely crazy to to even have two events of this caliber on the same day yeah like yeah. i, I, I kind of think how do we top this the rest of the week we had a rematch of the gold silver and bronze medalists from the tokyo olympics you had karsten warholm from norway who hasn't had a good season he's been injured but he's the world record holder you had Ry benjamin who's been a little banged up but he's the second fastest all time and then you had Alison Dos Santos from, uh, from Brazil, who's been leading the world, undefeated, third all-time. And the other two Americans, Trevor Bassett and Khalifa Rosser, making the final as well. Just the buzz in that stadium as everyone was, was buckling down for a 50 or less second race was really cool knowing all of these storylines are, yeah. are coming together. Yeah, I would say that besides, of course, like the 100 meter, just because that's just popular, not even with just track fans, but with everybody, I'd say that this 400 meter hurdles on the men's side was one of the most hyped up races just because of how incredible that race was in Tokyo last year. That like that Tokyo race last year might be one of my favorite races of all time. It was incredible to watch. Um, so the hype surrounding this, even though... Benjamin and Morehome weren't quite a hundred percent. They're it's just you have fantastic runners in there and you never really know what they could pull out. So you couldn't really count anybody out and just having that trio in any race is gonna be a really good race. So Yeah, and it delivered the the gun goes off, everyone is is fighting. Warholm textbook gets out quick. Yep. Dos Santos honestly got out just about as quick. Rye Benjamin is back a bit, but everything changed the last 100 meters yes like the first 300 were about what we expected but so much changed that last 100 warholm fades 
Dos Santos is like clearly in the front. Benjamin is clearly in second. And you can see that they're going to get gold and silver. But our boy, Trevor freaking Bassett yeah. from Ashland University Division Two goes from sixth up to third, out leans the Frenchman, Hapio, for the bronze medal. And what was so funny about being there is we, we saw gold and silver. We're looking up at the Jumbotron. We're like, wow, Dos Santos just ran so fast. Yeah. And they they don't put the results on the screen until the official results mm-hmm. come up. And Michael turns to me and he's like, did you see where Bassett finished? Because he was lane nine, so it wasn't very easy to, to see from the naked eye. And I just pulled this out of my butt. I was like, oh, I think he faded to like sixth or seventh. Yeah. And then we just see shing third, third place. Trevor Bassett. And the place just erupts. Yeah. And Rye Benjamin like tackles him that and awesome. dogpiles him. They get their silver and bronze medals. And that was like possibly even it was right up there with that 1500 i think i think that was incredible when when i I benjamin tackled him was just because benjamin got the silver obviously he's been going through a lot this season but you know he was disappointed with it he really wants that gold but to see just the team usa teammates have that kind of chemistry like benjamin saw that bassett got bronze and was even more happy than himself winning silver and so that was a really cool thing to see and and Trevor just coming from a D2 background, going through as much as he did. I think he had mentioned in the post-race interview, this was race number 40 on the season for him. So he's gone through a really long season, racing world indoors as well, to come through with this. And uh, he PR'd by, it was well over a half second, which is an incredible PR. So he, to come through the end of like a very long season and run such a fantastic race it was just it was an incredible thing to watch yeah i'd be curious to see the all-time american list but i would think that's like maybe number four or five uh all time of an american because of course you got rye benjamin is the record holder kevin young number two who used to be the the world record holder but i mean i think it was was 47 19 or something that uh that Bassett ran and it's like that's that's way up there. It was it was forty seven thirty nine actually. Okay. Yep. I'm looking at the all time men's list right now. And I believe he'd be he'd be just outside of the actually that's number nine all time. So not on just American, but that's that's number nine all all time. No, this is on the US. So okay. Bad, okay. But no. yeah, number number nine U.S. all time. Someone needs to sponsor this man. He still has no sponsor. Yep. I mean, it's just just being counted out as a Division Two athlete. Like, well, now in recent years, I feel like the the we're really bridging the gap between all the divisions, and people are starting to recognize that. But Katie Najat, pole vault, gold yep, medal. She's exactly. a Ashland alum as well. And then it's really nice to see that, but. Obviously, they're going to go with those high-caliber athletes that get all the popularity. And But after after Bassett had this fantastic race in the hurdles, I mean, you just you can't count them out of anything, no. And just to, like, end the day with that race, mm-hmm. there was a, an energy in the stadium. 
you know, everyone's walking out together. It, I've never like left a sporting event feeling that way where like every fan feels like they just were on the winning side. Yes. Like yeah. most other sporting events, there's a winner and a loser and there's just a score for it. But like every fan, you had an athlete that either got a medal or just had an incredible performance. So that was a, a, a really special feeling leaving the stadium. And that's something that I think is just, it's a really cool thing about track and field in general. Like I had mentioned to you earlier in the night, we were watching the women's high jump final and I feel like, obviously, like being from the United States, we're going to root for our USA athletes the most, but just seeing any of those athletes in that high jump final clear the bar, like the whole stadium was erupting, just so happy for them. And so it's really cool to kind of get that, like, you're not really rooting against anybody, like you're kind of just rooting for other people a little more, but just everybody in the stadium literally just being there as just a fan of the sport, just wanted to see everybody succeed, everybody push themselves and see what they can do. I think that's one of the best things of track and field in general, and then everybody that goes to Hayward is just that type of fan. So, Well, we're just getting warmed up. I mean, like I said, that was day zero. We haven't even done our our volunteering yet. We're getting ready for our first shift. Uh, I think today and tomorrow don't have as many finals as yesterday, but after that, the last three days are almost exclusively finals. Um, I'm excited for this women's 5K semifinal today. See kind of how the deck shuffles going into the, the championship race, but overall just ready to get back there on the track and see what other celebs we we bump into it's gonna be a good week let's keep it rolling this episode is brought to you by the amino company like many runners getting motivated for a hard training session after a long day of work or on a day with bad weather can be a challenge I need to get my muscles ready to rise to the occasion so I can take that next step towards achieving my season goals. Introducing Perform From The Amino Company, which offers a 100% science-backed essential amino acid formula. It helps you build your endurance and prepares you for harder training sessions, runs, and workouts. For me, I've been using this for almost a month Perform has been working great. I've used it for a wide variety of activities, strength work, cross training, easy runs, long runs, track sessions, you name it, a wide enough variety that I can tell the results are legitimate and consistent. The clinical trial data is great and I recommend you check it out on their website, but I'm an old school guy and the results are the most important thing to me. The beauty of Perform is it has both, all the data-driven support you need to feel comfortable trying the product while also delivering real-life results. This product was created by lead scientist and co-founder Dr. Robert Wolf. As a competitive athlete, Dr. Wolf has completed 62 marathons in under 2 hours and 30 minutes set national age group records, and is still running and fueling his body with Perform at age 75. If you're looking for a nutritional advantage when it comes to boosting your peak athletic performance, I recommend you give Perform a try. 
it's three times more effective on a gram for gram basis than any other protein source. And right now, you can get 30% off by using code CHIPTIME when you visit aminoco.com slash CHIPTIME. Once again, that is 30% off when you visit aminoco.com slash CHIPTIME. Now, back to the show. Chapter 2, Day 1, officially, because we were calling it Day 0 for, for that first day. Our first day of volunteering at the World Athletics Championships. And yeah, just just kind of went there, got our areas assigned, yeah. and we were off and running. We, we weren't sure if we were supposed to check in with a certain person or whatnot, but pretty much just made our way to the track and went from there. So I was initially assigned to the coach's box, which is facing the javelin runway and you know some of those field event areas. Where were you stationed? I was initially assigned uh, t- section 213, which was on the upper level, but then they ended up having a little too many people over there, so I ended up taking over elevator duties. So that was pretty cool. I got to run the elevator a little bit myself later on, but I enjoyed posting up there. It was before most of the coaches were coming, and pretty much just my job was to make sure they had a pass if they were going to use that area. But then we also had too many people, uh, too many volunteers, which is a good problem to have. So I got reassigned to an upper level section until they needed me somewhere else, which was kind of my my pain point of the day. So there's one part of the stadium in the middle level, so not the lower level by the track, but not the upper level either, where people are walking through, but there's a good view of the track, and it narrows out, and people just will stop there to watch the races. And my job was to like tell people, hey, you can't stand here. It's right behind the cameraman who's operating this really big contraption that spins around and he has like his camera feed and the TV live feed. And so if people are standing there, like they could bump into him. And so I had to basically be like security and tell people to like move out of the way. And over time, people kind of stopped listening to me. So we had some, we had some like battles there. Um, when I went to the dinner break, I was pretty hangry at that point. But fortunately, it wasn't my whole shift. So it was just a little adversity yep. I had to overcome. But I feel like you had the opposite where it was just uh, pretty radio silent. Yeah, mine was because I think total, like by the end of the day, I had helped four people with the elevators. So for the most part, basically I'm kind of going back and forth between the main level and then the upper level, which were the only two levels that the elevator went. So I'd kind of just, I'd stay on the main level for the most part, which was nice because it was in the shade. Um, But then I'd go up to the upper level and then watch some of the races. But 
I couldn't stay up there for long because the sun was right on it. And it was it was about a high of like 91 yesterday. So it was a pretty hot sun. But yeah, I really, that was, that's kind of the one thing that I really like about ushering is just interacting with people. So unfortunately, I didn't get really much of that there. But I did have a lot of freedom to just kind of watch the races when I wanted to watch. So that was a really nice perk of it. And, and you brought up another good point, which was with it being that hot, about half of the stadium, maybe even more, is in direct sunlight. Yep. And people didn't want to sit where they paid to sit. And instead, they were standing in the area I was stationed because yeah. it's shady. It is kind of a general admission area. And they were like, I would rather stand here in the shade than in my seat in the hot sun. But I had to kind of kick people out. So... I didn't quite get as much of that positive interaction, but I'm optimistic that, you know, we'll be stationed somewhere else today and it'll be more of the traditional ushering. But, you know, my whole day was not a negative experience (laughs) by any means. Uh, The second half, I did get up to a section in the 200s level. People were already seated, so I didn't have to do much ushering and it was a good view of the track. So got to watch some of the big races that we gotta we gotta break down here real quick. Um, so only one final. There was the women's steeplechase, but there were some heats. There were some semifinals: men's 800, women's uh, 400, men's 400, and women's 400 hurdles. So you know we don't we don't need to break it all down per se, but it's kind of cool. Oh, the women's 5K yep. semifinal yeah, as yeah. well. That's when I was in my, my area <laughs> kicking people out. Um, I think it's cool like having the link between some athletes that we kind of see walking around. Yeah. And then when you also see them on the track before or after their event. So for me, I mean, we'll start with the women's 5K because that was earlier on. They had a semifinal, two different heats. Top five from each heat, plus I think the next two fastest times made it to the final. And we got to shout out the American women. Of course. Carissa Schweitzer, Elise Cranny, Emily Infeld. They all made made the final. And when we were coming back from dinner, we saw Emily Infeld with her husband. And Michael and I went separate ways. And I happened to go the same way she did. And she kind of turned back and and stopped. And I just went, nice race, Emily. And she was like, oh, thank you. And I was like, yes. Which They acknowledged we we, we we were. We had a conversation (laughs) about that of like, we're really like, we're literally just saying nice race. And they're acknowledging us, but just the acknowledgement of getting it. It's just, we're like, whoa. Like they just acknowledge that we're a human being. Like they're the same as us. This is insane. Even though it's not really that crazy of a. Also, don't mind the beep. That was our dryer with our uh, uniform. You, you got to have clean uh, uniforms out there. That's, that's <laughs> proof for the people that we are washing these. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's a really cool thing. Like, I passed by Trevor Bassett, told him congrats on the bronze. He's like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And it's like, it's like literally the minimal engagement that you can get out of these athletes. But, I mean, it made my day. So <laughs> It really does. I mean, you brought up the point yesterday of how, like, it is a small like in interaction to have but for them you, you put yourself in their shoes 
to hear that, to hear someone say nice race, nice job, whatever it is, that makes you feel good no matter who you are. Uh-huh. Like you'd have to be an egomaniac like some of these NBA players to just like <laughs> not respond to that. So, I mean, it was cool to have someone who's like, you know, just a couple years older than me, just just be like, oh, thank you. Like, I appreciate that support. So that was pretty sweet. And then on the flip side, when I was working the area, shushing people away, saying, hey, get out of here. There were some athletes there as well. And I was like, I'm not about to kick out the athletes. Like, unless they were like in the cameraman's area yeah. and they were they were far enough away and it was one of them was Nora Gerudo who I knew from Kazakhstan formerly from Kenya um was going to be a favorite for the women's steeplechase and I actually was like right next to her yeah. for a little while and her sister was there as well and I actually I talked to her sister a little more than her but uh, I was just I said something to her sister like oh yeah she she's my gold medal pick tonight and she starts laughing and then like Nora turned to me and I was like you're my gold medal pick and she's smiling and what ended up happening she won the freaking gold medal solely because of you <laughs> you you were the driving factor in that you know our job is called fan experience <laughs> But we have taken it to the next level of the athlete experience as well. And so I don't want to pat myself on the back. But if other people are saying I should take some credit here. You got to give credit where it's due. I guess you do. But honestly, that was pretty sweet. I was kind of hedging. Like, do I go to try to get a photo here or not? But one thing I was clear about before coming here is like if it is an athlete's day of competition like absolutely not yeah let them Um, do their thing she may have been cool with it i mean she was just watching the 5ks at that point and just hanging out but i was like i'll talk to her you know i'll wish her wish her well but i'm not gonna try and grab that photo that's also what we had a conversation about yesterday of like that limit like you want to interact with these athletes but at the same time you're just like i don't want to be the person that goes up and say can i take a picture with you like i want to like actually talk to them and say good luck or good job and then trying to feel obviously you do want a picture but i'm trying to feel out like should i ask for one or am i just going to soak up this interaction right now so that's been a big one that we're trying to get used to it's kind of the like act like you've been there before <laughs> exactly, yes. mentality like yep. We want to seem like we got it together. Yep. Like, walk up to you know Carson Warhol and be like, "Hey, Carson, like, nice, nice running out there. You'll you'll be back. You'll you'll be back on that podium." Yeah. And then he'll be like, "Oh man, I feel like I'm just talking to one of my own, someone on my level." Yeah. Like, hey man, like, you want to snap a photo real quick? That is <laughs> that's what, what it gets that's what I'm point. going for. Someone who has competed, and and so we'll get there. I think each day going to get a little more confidence together and and we're just taking those steps the one kind of l i took was when we first got there and we were walking to our section we come out of the bathrooms and sam parsons is walking (laughs) the other way sam from from tin man elite and and represents germany and 
I've watched him on YouTube so much, right? It's like you're used to seeing someone on a screen and I literally to his face went, oh look, it's Sam Parsons. <laughs> and he started laughing. He's like, what's up, man? <laughs> so I, then I turned to Michael. I was like, okay, I blew that one. Like that was bad. Well, <laughs> you kind of said you said you said a little good luck afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah I so did. So you kind of saved it in that sense, but that initial one was really funny. <laughs> oh look, it's Sam Parsons. So I, like I said, each day we get the confidence up a little bit more. Definitely to, easy to still get starstruck though. For it sure. is because like you just it's instantaneous that you're just standing right by you never this athlete. For some reason, the athletes that we've seen, you never see them from a distance. It's always you look over and whoa, they're right next to you. <laughs> I saw Abel Kip saying in the men's room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kenyan 1500 meter finalist. Yep. So I've started keeping a list of who I've seen each day because I don't I don't want to forget. You know, I want to remember these things. Saw Sinclair Johnson walk through my section. Bryce Hopple looking salty after, after the race. not yeah. advancing from that 800 meter uh, heat. And then when we were walking back to the shuttle, we saw Cooper Tier and Rachel MacArthur having a nice dinner. Debated joining them. Well, I I debated it. the absolute troll move of walking up and going, "Oh my God, that's Cole Hawker." <laughs> <laughs> he would have been pissed. This would have been it. Yeah, we were saying we're like, if it was an athlete that we didn't like, like that would actually be kind of funny. But he's a very likable guy. Honestly, there's not really many athletes in track and field that you don't like in general. But yeah, that would have been really funny. <laughs> Nonetheless, like like you said, it's easy to get starstruck. You find yourself right next to yeah. some of these oh, athletes, yeah. and it'll be it'll be interesting to see where we end up today. But I think the last point. We have to close the loop on with an update is uh, two things actually. Yes. Number one is the pants situation. Pants situation from yesterday. I uh, I went to go. I'm just looking at all the gear that I got and I, I tried on the pants and I'm just like, these are like dress pants. Like this is not because they they advertise them as joggers. They're like. And we mentioned in the previous clip that we had tried on what we thought were the women's yes, pants. yeah. But it turns out I am currently wearing the pants I was given, the medium men's joggers, and they are joggers. So yep. it turns out the, the women's pants are not what we needed. I have the correct pants. You just got like the referee yeah. bottoms I or mean, something. I mean, at that point, either I'm returning them and getting the joggers or I'm getting out on that track and officiating some races, so. Today when we go in, I'll be I'll be giving them those two options, and we'll see how it goes. I think it's a win-win, to be quite honest. And we're going over there anyways because unfortunately, there is not goodwill among men everywhere. Yeah. Because as we were wrapping up yesterday, I was working in upper section. I had six people to escort with the elevator. It was I think five handicapped people and then one mom with a stroller. And I had my string bag around my shoulders, but I had my water bottle sitting down. And it's a nice water bottle, it says World Athletics. Yeah. Um, it, it keeps it your drink pretty cool. And I had it sitting in, in kind of a little nook, like not too visible. And when I came back to my spot 
after helping handicap people down, someone had stolen my water bottle. And so I was pretty, pretty sad about that, but we're going to see if I can, can get one today. Yeah, we'll, we'll get them another one, which the unfortunate thing is that they actually, they were pretty, pretty strict in the email of saying like, it will probably be getting stolen if you just leave it laying around. But, uh, we're thinking playing it dumb is the route to go this way and then uh, hold on to it for sure. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. That that was a bummer, but we've we definitely have another opportunity. But you know, the most hype thing, in my opinion, I don't know if it'd be the same for you yesterday, was after that steeple chase, Nora Gerudo jumping in cannonball to the steeple water pit. You missed that live, didn't you? I did. You? I did miss it. I, I didn't see it because what I had done was I was watching the race up in the upper section. And then after that, I had gone down to the lower because that's where the elevator was. So I wanted to make sure that like my team lead was going to let me know if anybody needed it. And so I had gone down just to make sure I was ready for the elevator. So I missed the whole celebration part, but I did watch the replay and it was pretty cool. Well, that's the energy we're trying to bring to the fan experience and the athlete experience. And today we've got the men's and women's 200 meter finals. Yeah. So we'll see who I have an interaction with, who I say you're going to win the gold medal because so far we're one for one. It's going. Yep. So we'll see what happens, but that's, that's about it for day one. Yeah. That's about all it was. Uh, Definitely a good day to be out there. The hotter day of the days that we're going to be spending here. So hopefully it cools down at least a little bit. But we're ready for some more action. Ready for some more fun. Ready to roll. Sure. Let's get it.